What up, what up, what up? This is episode 68, I believe, of the SoCo Show. Oh, this one more. This is the co-host Cody Michael coming at you from Bend, Oregon. <laughs> and from... Oh, crap. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, all the way from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, I'm joined by the SoHo, Seth Ott. Yeah! And I want to I wanna jump right into... I've been waiting for a few days <laughs> about this. And I want to tell you about something that happened to me... Uh, to open the show it's a short story um but I, I think it's a good one i think you'll get a kick out of it okay dr seuss here we go <laughs> so on um on friday i'm at work right and uh it's it's the end coming to the end of my first week um at my new position out here and um as most good stories do this one begins with me on the toilet <laughs> <laughs> and I am, uh, you know, sitting on the toilet, doing my thing, uh, as one does, uh, on the cell phone. I don't know, I was reading about fantasy football or, uh, I don't know, looking at what movie times I was going to see this weekend or whatever, but sitting on the, sitting on the old crapper and, um, uh, the, the door to the bathroom opens and, and someone walks in and you know how, like when that happens, um, you kind of clam up. And just try to be fucking silent until they leave. <laughs> so I'm doing that. And uh, I'm sitting there. And I got my phone. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm still kind of scrolling or whatever. Um, trying to keep my butthole closed so I don't make any sound. And um, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, light from the fucking bathroom. Because the guy that walked into the bathroom has opened my stall door. <laughs> 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 and so i'm sitting there pants down <laughs> leaned forward onto my knees <laughs> just fucking scrolling through my cell phone <laughs> and this guy just looks at me and he goes oh oop, uh, <laughs> and closes the door and i just started laughing immediate like immediately i thought it was fu- I, I didn't even go through embarrassed to funny i just immediately thought it was fucking funny because you know, then he kind of like, oh, oh, and goes over to another one or whatever. And then it's awkwardly silent until he leaves the bathroom. <laughs> and I just sat there. I was laughing so hard. And then this is like a guy I work with now. So like now he has to look at me and try not to picture me on the fucking crap <laughs> <laughs> with my fucking little chicken legs sticking out, looking shining for everyone to see. <laughs> Oh, God. So now I have at least one awkward work relationship, and it's been only a week. Well, if uh, if your coworker needs any advice how to how to walk in on you taking a shit, uh, just give him my number. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, that was... I, I, I almost called you immediately, but I was like, <laughs> wait. This has got to wait for the show. <laughs> uh, you got any crap stories this week? How was your weekend? Uh, I took a nice big crap. It was great. I uh, had some Taco Bell. <laughs> no, I didn't have any Taco Bell. I lied about that. No, uh, not not a whole lot in, in my camp. Saw a movie or two. Yeah, that's about it. Went out for, for a party. Uh, did an escape room. That was on Sunday. But yeah, that was about it. Nice. Nice. Um, I'm excited. We're going to be reunited this weekend in Kansas City. <laughs> that's true. Not enough time to record a podcast, yeah. unfortunately. Nope, afraid not. But... Uh... We're going to do some indoor skydiving. I'm excited about that. And uh, I don't know, various other goings on, I'm sure. 
Indoor skydiving is not a euphemism, by the way. <laughs> we'll both be laying on our bellies. I, I know that much. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, uh, probably lots of good stories from the weekend ahead on next week's show, which will be an exciting one. Um, but nice. for now, uh, let's talk about episode 68 here. Uh, we got a lot of stuff here, a lot of good news. Um, Mambo number five, we got one word summaries. Um, really excited about a brand new segment that we have coming. And of course, the TV corner. But before we get to any of that, we got to start, as always, with Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. At this point in my life, I would like to tell you all that you can go fuck yourself. That's just for everyone to hear. Yeah, exactly. Shiki, uh, <laughs> Shiki didn't have a whole he lot just, of whole lot to talk about. Well, what what more is there to say? He just told us all to go fuck ourselves. There's not really anything besides that. That's true. But doesn't he usually just say that? Yeah, but this time he he made it very like theatrical. At this point in time, I just want to tell you all, and then he hit us with the go fuck yourselves. So I feel like that is like. A big statement for him. I guess so. I, I just think he's a little worn out from all his political tweets. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's just pissed because there was no Rob Thomas single. That too. Dude, aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> also, it just occurred to me because I don't think I do that a lot, but I just went dude and then said a sentence. <laughs> um, and that's a thing. Everyone out here does that, and I've caught it already. I just realized it. People do that in Oregon? That's a thing in Oregon? Yeah, like women do that. Huh. Yeah, it's it's strange. I don't get it. I But yeah, I've been called dude more time in the last couple of weeks than in the previous like four years. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. So I'm blending in well, showing everyone my thighs and uh, calling people dude. <laughs> <laughs> showing people my thighs and calling and calling people dude. That's a that's a pretty good uh, summary for your probably for your autobiography. Oh, God, yeah, the Cody Michael story for sure. At the very least, it probably is going to be the title of uh, of the Soko Show episode 68. <laughs> uh, with that, let's get out of the sheiks and into the rest of the show. I call you a punk. Don't forget, folks, audibletrial.com slash Soko. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get your first 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Yippee, yippee, yippee. Uh, lots of free books on there. And it's been a little bit since I, I haven't gotten any new audiobooks since the trip. Um, what are you working on? Anything? Or are you still waiting on the, um, is it Reckoners that's coming out next? No, the next one is uh, Orphan X. Um, still waiting, though. Not really uh, Not really listening to anything right now. I might have to do something for the 10 hours I'll be in a car combined this weekend. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I would recommend Cosmos by Carl Sagan. Well, I would like to stay awake for my car ride, so I might probably won't do that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll find something. Uh, you could you could go on to uh, SoundCloud or Google Play or Apple Podcasts and listen to some uh, backlogged episodes of the Soko Show. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly what I'd like to do is listen to one idiot talk and one really smart guy talk. I'll let you choose who. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let's get into the show proper, and we're going to start with some video game news. Video games! Whoa! Whoa! Ah. Alright, well, for whatever reason, uh, your poor taste in video games has led you to the high anticipation of a uh, returning PlayStation Classic uh, that's going to be kind of remastered and put out. Did you? Did that come out? Did Spyro come out? Or is it about to? Uh, it did come out today, and I have played about an hour of it today. 
oh geez okay <laughs> <laughs> like that's what i was doing before uh, we started recording actually so um it is exactly taking what, advantage of the time difference i like it exactly it is exactly what i remember um awesome uh but the the graphics are actually pretty nice it looks like very uh almost like an illumination style graphics like an illumination from the movies type style graphics maybe a little bit more a little bit more smooth than that i would say in terms of just like not not a lot of rough edges on the characters but um the music is very similar all of the dialogue is super similar uh the only thing that's really kind of different that i've noticed so far um the controls are a little have improved which is good because the first game uh or the first time it was out the controls were kind of shaky um and then uh, some of like the they've they've beefed up some of the an- animations like they've added like props and certain things to some of the dragons so they have a little more personality I guess but all in all it's been a lot of fun and I've been a hundred percenting everything so you're hundred percenting everything is that what you said yeah <laughs> I uh, I think this that game might be where I got my obsession with finishing things <laughs> with video games because uh, it like tells you you know like in a big like explosion. Uh, you, you're a hundred percent in this level. You can leave now if you want. So this might've been kind of the beginning stages of that. <laughs> it must be. It's like, get the fuck out of this level, dude. There's game to be playing. <laughs> Quit picking up shit. Oh, I'm picking up shit till the day is long. Gross. Um, another exciting, uh, November drop for you, at least. Um, it sounds like one of the biggest games of this year has some new downloadable content coming out in a couple weeks. Yeah, actually, uh, the first the first DLC is already out for Spider Man, but uh, actually, I don't know do, what is the release date for the new one. Is it in November? Yeah, it is. Uh, let's see here, November twenty. So it's actually just this coming week. Okay, so yeah, the the one one of them already came out like two weeks ago. They must be kind of released them pretty close together. But have not played the the new DLC yet, but I've heard good things. So sounds like it's going to be called Turf Wars, mm-hmm. and it's going to add in uh, the character Hammerhead. As well as a few new uh, suits. Yeah, Hammerhead was in the in the actual game itself. Um, you fought him a little bit, but it, this sounds like this will be more of a continuation from what the main story had. Well, there you go. Um, where are you percentage wise on it on the main game? I think it was like ninety seven or something like that. And you're gonna get that close and not go for the finish? Exactly. It's like uh, it's like masturbating. <laughs> so you're like a tantric gamer exactly that's disgusting i don't want to think about you beating off so uh let's move on <laughs> and we're gonna get into our one word summaries there's only one word to describe you and i'm gonna spell it out for you seth has searched the internet for three wacky news stories and has summarized them each with just one word and he's going to give me those one words, those three words, I should say. Uh, I'm going to select one of the stories for us to talk about based on that one word summary. Uh, but don't forget, folks, head down to the description box for this podcast and you'll see the links to all three of the uh, wacky stories that Seth has dug up, uh, as well as all the stories uh, and some links for uh, everything we've talked about in the show so far, as well as our sponsors. So make sure you're checking out the description box. And let's get into our one-word summaries. Seth, what do we have this week? Your words are nose, fruit, and dog. Hmm. Very vague. I like it. I wish that nose fruit was one word, because I think that means boogers. <laughs> um, I am going to... Something smells fishy with, uh, with the nose, so let, let's go with nose. 
Okay. I'm glad you picked that one because that one is probably my favorite story. But fruit was Indonesian flight delayed to stinky fruit. Huh. Weird. Okay. And uh, another uh, airline, uh, Delta apologizes after passenger sits in dog poop. Oh, I did hear about that one. That that was disgusting. Um, I hope they did more than apologize. I hope they made it right for that guy. Also, I just want to go back to the previous one. Stinky fruit is what I have after I don't shower. Hello. <laughs> Good God. <sighs> but we chose nose and uh, we chose nose. Nose dove and sold nada. Anyway, what's uh what's the nose? <laughs> All right, Eminem. Um North North Carolina man punches attacking bear in the nose. This man is the most badass motherfucker in the world. He punched a bear? What oh. wait, did he survive? <laughs> oh you you're you're about to find out. Uh, a North Carolina man who survived a bear attack with only minor scrapes and bruises said he repeatedly punched the animal in the face. Sonny <laughs> <laughs> Pumphrey, 70, that is fucking sweet. 78 years old, said he was in his driveway in Hay- Haywood County's what? White Oak community. <laughs> and so these, this uh, this mother bear and her two cubs approached his house. Um the cubs ran off when he saw him, but the mother bear attacked. <laughs> she, he said, she made a charging dead run at me. That sucker was eyeball to eyeball with me. The only thing I could do is to punch her right in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He said the bear hit him and he retaliated. That is the greatest generation indeed. Oh, for sure. He said the bear then bit him and he retaliated by repeatedly punching the predator in the head. Uh, his wife, Betty, which is a, the perfect old woman name, uh, came outside to investigate and, and then their parents made the, the bear flee. So it ran from the old lady, <laughs> the old lady and their Yorkie dog. Oh, well the Yorkie. Yeah, definitely. It's a good thing it ran or it would have ate that fucking Yorkie in one snap. <laughs> just like popping an M&M into your mouth. Well, this guy, what is this guy's name again? Uh, his name is Sonny Pumphrey. Sonny Pumphrey. Well, Sonny Pumphrey is a bad motherfucker, and uh, it, it, to honor him, we're going to give him the official uh, bad motherfucker sounder from the Soko Show. For three for the win, yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! This guy uh, completely jacked a bear in the fucking face, and uh, at 78 years old, I he must have hit that bear fucking hard. He would have knocked my head probably off of my body. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love this story. Uh, I am going to hit the links in the description box to check out the other two stories as well as so should you, the listener. So um, for now, though, that's going to do it for this week's edition of One Word Summaries. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you. It was a big week 10 in the NFL this week. couple big news items from some players whose names you'll recognize this week in sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. Uh, a couple of pieces of news here. The first, I think maybe the biggest story going on this week, centers around the Pittsburgh Steelers and their running back Le'Veon Bell, who uh, today, as of this recording, which is uh, November 13th, failed to show up for his uh, mandatory show-up date and now is ineligible to compete in this NFL season. Uh, Seth, I, I know that this isn't what anybody expected until just recently, um, what have you heard about this? What the fuck? Um, I don't really understand it from what I've heard. Most people, um, 
think this is a very dumb move because, I mean, <laughs> yes, he's he's trying to save his legs and get as much money as he can, but he's lost out on like $14 million this year, which again is more than probably what he would get in a contract per year. I mean, he doesn't get the guaranteed long-term money like he wants, but it's still $14 million. And uh, I think by him being gone and what James Conner has done, it's proven that uh, one, running backs aren't as valuable as they once were. Uh, you can really find a running back. I mean, there's a bunch of running backs in the NFL right now. Look at like Mike Davis with the the Seahawks. He was a practice squad guy, and he came out a couple, in the last few weeks or a couple weeks ago at least. There, he had a stretch where he was uh, averaging like five yards carry, catching a bunch of balls. So running backs aren't valuable, and he's devaluing himself right now. So um, I think his stand is based off of legs and long term health and long term money, but. I don't know how much uh, he's sacrificing in the long run by sitting out the entire year. Yeah, and the the other problem I have with this is because he didn't show up, he could have showed up and sat, you know, or anything like that, but because he didn't show up, they can franchise tag him again. Isn't that right? They, he, he's kind of stuck there, and he's in the same position he was a year ago. I think that's right, yeah. I I think it's a, called a transition tag is what it is, um, which is pretty similar, but I... I have a feeling that he won't be, regardless, no matter what will happen, depending on if they tag him or whatever, um, he won't be a Steeler next year. I think he'll be playing come 2019, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'll be interested to see who pays for him. I think it's going to be some shit team that's willing to pay way more than he's worth. Um, but we'll see. And if all he cares about is the money, that's fine. But I, I doubt he goes to a contender because I don't think a contender is going to pay him. But... We'll see. I don't know. Uh, I'm very actually happy about this news because I have James Conner on my fantasy team. So uh, that's all well and good for me. But uh, another player who uh, was not by his own choice, but uh, has been a no-show all season so far has been Des Bryant. And man, what a tragic story for him. He um, gets picked up earlier this week, finally gets the call, and it's the New Orleans Saints that want to pick him up. Uh, He shows up to practice, probably very excited about playing for a potential Super Bowl contender. Uh, Got a game coming up a couple weeks from now against uh, the Cowboys, so a potential revenge game. And he ruptures his Achilles in his first practice as a Saint. How (laughs) fucking awful is that? Yeah, it's pretty terrible. And it was um, not even just the first practice. It was the last play of the first practice. So he got through all all the way through practice and then tore his Achilles or ruptured his Achilles. Yeah, I mean, that sucks for him. Uh, Part of it, though, is, I mean, just, you know, his, his, I don't think his body was, one, ready for that, but two, I I just don't, I think he's lost, he lost a step. I mean, the last few years, he's been not as physical, not as, not as uh, impactful as a player. Um, Basically, the only place he was useful was the red zone, because he was taller than most, (laughs) most cornerbacks, so... um, I just think that I, I mean I think his career is, is definitely done at this point. Um, Achilles are hard to come back from when you're, you know, twenty, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. Let alone when you're thirty and are already not yourself anymore. So, unfortunately, I think Des Bryant is is done in the NFL. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I think I agree with you. Um, if there's a silver lining to this, it's that uh, the door has been open for another veteran to sort of return to the NFL. Uh, the Saints did go out and sign Brandon Marshall this week, 
so he he's another guy very similar to how you're describing Dez. Uh, seems to have lost a step in the last few years, but showed flashes uh, kind of earlier in his career. What what impact do you think, if any, Brandon Marshall is going to? I don't on think the any offense? at all. <laughs> um, he was on he was on the the Seahawks. <laughs> I mean, at least at least he's been in playing shape, and he hasn't. He is a guy that's been very healthy through most of his career, and uh, has has again been in playing shape and, and he's he's used to the playbooks and um you know he had a I think he had, I think he has a better shot to make more of an impact than Des did to be honest even though he's a couple years older I think Brandon Marshall is just he's the more reliable hands uh, good route runner um not he's not going to win any foot races or anything like that but he's just kind of a, a sure guy almost like uh Marcus Colston was there the last few years of of his career in uh, in St. Louis or uh New Orleans uh, I think we're going to see the same kind of role, maybe a, a, probably like a lesser extent, but a similar role for Brandon Marshall there. Yeah, I, I could see him, you know, a couple catches a game, maybe he gets involved in the red zone. Uh, I, I like that the Saints are being aggressive and trying to improve already a stellar offense. Uh, I think this is a team that sees its opportunity to go all the way and, and is going to attack it. Um which is good. I like seeing that out of the Saints, and uh, they they whooped ass all over the uh, Bengals, who are a sol- another solid football team this past weekend. So the Saints improve to uh, to eight and one now. Um, uh, around the NFL, uh, the Rams win a close one against uh, Seattle, so they improve to nine and one. Uh, Kansas City wins over Arizona, so that sets up a huge game uh, this coming Monday night between the Chiefs and Rams, uh, two top teams in the league. By uh, by record, uh, two teams with the most wins, uh, top two offenses, may, well, two of the top, maybe three. I think the Saints may be uh, up there as well, but um, probably a lot of scoring in that game coming up. So that'll be one to watch for. Um, I know that the uh, the Vikings were on bye this past week, uh, but they've got a big one coming up this week. It's a primetime game. Yeah, right? Sunday night uh, got flexed to the, the first, actually the first flex game of the season to uh, Sunday night, sorry, uh, against the Bears uh, in Chicago. So that should be a fun one. Um, interesting interesting matchup with how the Bears have been playing. The Bears have been one of the most explosive offenses of the last probably four or five weeks now. So, uh, yeah, Trubisky's, Trubisky's playing good. He's running it. He's throwing it. The defense has been excellent. So should be a good game on Sunday night. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that one's going to go a long way toward uh, determining who comes out of that NFC North um, but I don't think they need to worry too much. I think whoever doesn't win that division maybe gets a wild card. I think they got a pretty good looking shot at that right now. Um, we'll we'll come back to the NFC North in a bit when we talk about our Thursday night game. But um, I quickly just want to mention, um, hey Jets, fuck you, because uh, not to talk too much fantasy football, but I picked up your <laughs> defense, Jets, against the fucking Buffalo Bills and Matt Barkley, who wasn't even on their team three months ago, and you let him hang 41 <laughs> points on you? Are you fucking kidding? I, oh, my God. I lost my fantasy matchup in large part due to the the apparent terribleness of the Jets' uh, defense, and that's that's all I'll, uh, that's all I want to say about it right now. <laughs> before, we pick, uh, before we pick the Thursday night game, any other stories around the league that you want to make sure we talk about? Um, not really. I, I barely watch any football this week uh the games were awful this week like even the one that should have been awesome on thursday was was a blowout so um I, and honestly the the i watched uh the last like five minutes of the the monday night game and that was the niners and the giants yeah giants. That, that's how bad that game was but that was the closest game and that was kind of entertaining to see the end of it but uh yeah no not a very good week of football 
Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think this week just showed, you know, we're starting to gain a lot of separation between the teams that will go to the playoffs and the teams that won't. And um, the good teams handled their business this week. Uh, Chargers win again. I'm still rooting for them. Um, so they improved to, I think, 7-2, and two, having a really good season. Um, um, I, I will say, though, uh, the Titans came out and yeah. kind of took it to the Patriots this week. And I'm interested to get your take on that game. Uh, what does it mean for the Patriots and what does it mean for the Titans? I uh, don't know if it means a whole lot for either. I mean, the Titans have actually been a pretty decent football team on defense the whole year. And now their offense is starting to show a little promise. Uh, Mariota's looking good. So... Um, I think it might be a wait and see. I think if anything, it just kind of makes that division more interesting with how Houston's been playing, and then uh, the Colts have been surprisingly pretty good. <laughs> um, they they beat the the Jaguars this week, so um, that division will be kind of close. I think coming coming into the to the finish, so we'll see. Uh, I, I give the edge to the Titans on that one just because they're starting to put it all together right now. They're they're running a little bit better. Uh, you're seeing more out of their some of the receivers like Corey Davis and like I said, Mark Marriott is looking good. So uh, the Patriots, again, I'm not worried about. It's just like we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, you know, they, they, they'll have up and down games the entire year. So um, I, I think I think, though, that they'll, they'll they'll be fine. I don't think it means much for them. Yeah, and, and you're talking about that uh, that AFC South. Don't forget about Houston, who was inactive this week on bye, but uh, playing very well the past handful of games. So that AFC South all of a sudden looks interesting. Um, when before the season we just kind of farted <laughs> at it and said Jacksonville would walk off with it, now it seems like they're the only team that sucks in that division. So that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. You know, we we had talked about uh, Cincinnati and and uh, Baltimore and San Diego as kind of those wild card teams, but. Uh, Cincinnati and, and Baltimore kind of seem to have taken a step back, so maybe an opportunity for a second AFC South team to get in on the wild card. It's going to yeah. be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. So let's go to the Thursday night game. Last night's game has already been played, um, but due to the magic of time travel, we don't know who won. So um, th- last week we had uh, the Steelers uh, just completely housed the Panthers. Um, and from minute one, I, I get off work at 5 and um, in Pacific time, the Thursday night game starts at 5:20, and by the time I got home, it was 21 <laughs> to seven. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know how that it was. It was touchdown, like 80 yard touchdown, pick six, and uh, some other score. And and Carolina got anyway. It was a shitload of offense. I was very displeased because I didn't pick up Ben Roethlisberger when I thought I was going to. Um, but uh, yeah, Steelers look legit. I think that they're far and away the favorites in that division at the very least. That seems like a virtual lock at this point. But um, you you were the person mm-hmm. who picked Pittsburgh last week, so you, you gained a point on me. And I think at at the very least we're tied by now because <laughs> <laughs> I've thrown you Whatever. a few um, by uh, by letting you pick first. So Cody picks first this week, and uh, we have the Packers going to Ooh. Seattle to play the Seahawks. And this is a really interesting game going all the way back to a few years ago when there was the the fail Mary uh, with the backup referees. So ever since then, kind of been a nice little rivalry with a couple of teams that um, that are kind of perennial uh, playoff contenders. And uh, it's an interesting time, especially, I think, for the Packers, who are kind of in a place where they need a statement win. Um, they did they did have a, a decent win uh, this past week, uh, so maybe they're back on track. But Seattle is playing very well. They did lose to the Rams this last week, but they ran for like 200-plus mm-hmm. yards. So this run attack uh, is very, very, very solid for Seattle and also Russell Wilson kind of doing his thing. I am going to stick with the home team again. 
um, and take Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I just I just think that they're a better team than even we realize yet, and I think the Packers aren't as good um, as we're as they have been in years past. So give me the Seahawks at home, and uh, what I hope will will be a really good game. Yeah, I won't be able to watch it. I'll be seeing uh, Harry Potter. Uh, or I guess Fantastic Beasts is really really what it is more. So. Yeah, that, I mean, I agree with all the points you're saying, but it's always hard for me to root against, or not root against, but choose against. I, I always root against Aaron Rodgers, but it's hard for me to choose against Aaron Rodgers, just seeing what he's been, what he's done for the last 12 years against uh, against my my team. So uh, I'll go with I'll go with Aaron Rodgers and what I think will be like a, a last last second drive, a game winning drive. I think he'll win it on a game game winning drive. Ooh, we shall see. Um, it seems to be the only way they know how to win. So if they do, it'll probably go that way. Um, I hope it ends up. <laughs> Mary. I think that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> so uh, a lot of great stuff going on around the NFL um, and around fantasy. It's getting down to the nitty gritty, um, at least in our fantasy league. Um, and Seth got a big win this week. I lost. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted as we get into the playoff hunt. If, if Seth or I is still in it. Um, but uh, with that, we're going to end sports for the week and move on to uh, a segment I'm very excited for. It's this week's Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. So last week, uh, Seth had a great, great suggestion for this week's Mambo number five. Last week in One More Thing, uh, we talked about the Tennessee uh, murderer who was uh, executed by the electric chair. And his last words were, let's rock. So this week, uh, you had the idea to do some of our favorite lines uh, from from movies, TV, video games, uh, whatever. So um, these are our top lines. I tell you this: if there was a movie about a guy getting electrocuted and he said "Let's rock," uh, that would probably make my list. <laughs> but um, but uh, unfortunately, that was in real life. So uh, what we have is a list of fictional best lines. So so these can be badass lines. These can be um, heart heartfelt lines these can be scary lines uh just Catch some of the phrases. lines that stick out to us catchphrases of course uh, potentially on the list here so um this will be exciting i'm excited to kind of go down uh, a little bit of memory lane with some of our favorites here so uh, am i going first this week or is it you i think you can go first this week all right let's do it number five my number five um i had a really hard time kicking one out i, I picked six so i'll have one honorable mention um, but what I landed on at my number five, um, was a, a really cool line and it, it kind of, um, is a, is a pivot point for, uh, one of our favorite books. And, and I'm talking about ready player one. And, uh, there's a point in this, in this book, um, they don't do it as well in the movie, but in the book, uh, there's a point where, uh, all the video game fun, Easter egg hunting and all of that stuff stops being a game and starts being, a, a the real deal. And um, when that happens, Nolan Sorrento, the big bad guy, is talking to Wade Watts, the hero, and Wade is kind of poo-pooing him and giving him jokes and uh, not taking him very seriously. And Nolan Sorrento just points at him and says, sit down, Wade. And there's a, that moment in the book, and especially, I, I know you, you know what I'm talking about if you've heard the audiobook, uh, which, by the way, you can get on audibletrial.com slash Soko for free. And in that, that one sentence, that sit down Wade that he does, and especially in the way it's delivered in the audiobook, you, you feel that shift from, the, oh, hey, everyone's having fun too. Oh, fuck. 
some shit's about to go down. And so um, that one makes one of my favorite lines. I wasn't sure if I'd get one out of a book, but uh, but I managed to get one out of Ready Player One. And that's the scene that I'm disappointed in how they did it in the movie because that line uh, specifically was so impactful in the book, I thought. That's definitely a good one. Uh, definitely a good one. I, I did not go with a lot of impactful quotes. I just kind of go with things that I um, find myself saying or thinking about or not. They're, they're more important to me than like an overall coolness <laughs> so because as you know i am super cool so you're probably the coolest guy i'm already now that you're saying that i got a couple uh, predictions for what's going to make your list uh, i'm interested <laughs> to see what you got <laughs> couple of these i said this weekend which made me think of them um and made me laugh a lot so the first one my number five is uh it's from austin powers and gold member <laughs> oh god and I, I don't know why I said it this weekend, but I find myself saying this more often, like more times than I should, or even relates to a conversation. But it's Dr. Evil saying, you're not going to eat that skin, are you? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Why were you talking about skin eating this weekend? That's weird. I think we were, uh, I don't know what it was about. We were talking about like eating something weird. And so I just said that <laughs> as like a weird transition <laughs> into the conversation. But um, yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. That, see, I, I, sh- I knew Goldmember was going to make an appearance um, and it may make another <laughs> one. So I don't, I don't want to get into what I thought it would be. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Number four. My number four is. Um, a really hearty, a really hearty one. And it seems like we can't do one of these uh, lists without mentioning The Office. And so um, this one comes to us from uh, one of the last couple seasons of The Office, and it's Andy Bernard. And he has my favorite Ooh, quote of the one. whole. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, one of my favorite quotes, probably my favorite quote from the whole uh, series of The Office. And uh, what he says, and I don't know if this is a direct quote or not, but he says, um, I wish there was a way to tell you were in the good times while you were still in them. And uh, he says it kind of in one of those side interview things that they always do. And man, that always just nails me right in the balls um, because that's such a like a, a thought that I'm sure everyone has had at one point or another. So it's like, I know I just said balls in the middle of my heartfelt uh, line <laughs> in this list, but uh, that one always has stuck with me ever since the first time I saw that episode. That's actually the finale. Is it in the finale? Okay, yeah. Yep. Yep, it's when they're all in the office for the last time at like night before they... They leave for the final time. Oh, yeah, that's a good that's a good one, especially for the last episode, no doubt. Uh, my number four is um, what a movie that I that I often say is my favorite. I don't think it actually is, but it's kind of a, a stock answer. And um, this is one again. I I will say if people are getting sometimes uh, too heated or just like people are or <laughs> are are, are uh, just being you know kind of douches, and I'll just say why so serious. Ooh, you're good at that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a pretty classic line. You've seen it on T-shirts or whatever. But, uh, I mean, it is pretty. And it's, it's a pretty badass monologue that he does. Uh, he does it twice. That, so. And they're both awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Or or I'll do uh, sometimes along with that is, uh, want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> yeah, you're, I, you got to quit doing the Joker. It's too good. It's creeping me out. I'm alone in my apartment <laughs> right now. I actually have one more impression for you later uh, that relates to a TV corner. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I, I know what your TV corners are, and I'm very excited for what that's going to be later. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Let's go on. 
Number three. So, yeah, you talk about stock answers that, like, are obvious best quotes ever. Um, mine go comes from A Few Good Men, and it's Jack Nicholson's You Can't Handle the Truth, um, which, you know, again, it's a stock cliched answer, sir, sure, but um, more, more so, it, it's another just turning point in the mood of that film where um, he, he makes a big transition as a character. And, um, the, the speech that surrounds that one line is so epic. And I, I watch it like, I'll look up on YouTube. I'll probably do it tonight. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'll look up on YouTube and just watch his speech that that line is a part of. And, uh, it's a line that everybody knows it's ubiquitous. And so I won't belabor it, but, uh, if you haven't seen a few good men, fucking go watch it. It's an incredible movie. Sorkin's, um, at the height of his writing powers, um, in this one. And of course you get Tom Cruise, who's a badass as well as uh, Nicholson. So yeah, you can't handle the truth. Had to, had to appear on the list for me. Yeah. I figured that would be on your list. Um, my number three is again, this is something uh, it's from a TV, one of my favorite TV shows ever. Um, something that, that I'll, that I'll say in kind of jest or I'll send gifts of it. Um, but it's, uh, from, from community and it's, uh, my boy Abed saying, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yep. So that's about it. There's nothing really that important to it. I just I just love when he does that. I'm much more of a like a a repeat catchphrase type of guy. Mm. Um and especially with like shows and stuff, I like hearing kind of the same stuff. It's like uh, just hitting the same beats, stuff like that. So That I'll makes sense out of one. your fan fandom for wrestling. Ooh, a little bit of a tease. Ooh, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> Number 2. All right, so um, I am a frequent apologist of the Star Wars prequels, and I find that I'm uh, very much alone in that uh, a lot of the time. But I will say that um, of all of the lines in all of the Star Wars movies, uh, my favorite one comes from episode three. And uh, it's near the end when um, Obi-Wan and Anakin are about to fight. And they haven't started fighting yet, but they are kind of having words with each other. And basically they have a conversation and Obi-Wan decides that he's going to have to fight Anakin because um, he's being a real dickhead. And um, Anakin says, if you're not with me, you're against me. And Obi-Wan says, um, only a Sith deals in absolutes. And then he realizes that he's lost him and he takes out his lightsaber and he says, I'll do what I must. And then Anakin kind of looks over his shoulder at him and he says, you will try. And every time that I watch that, it fucking, ooh, it gives me the chills because, you know, he's like, they're about to throw down. And it's just like this this totally, um, like, like thick sense of there's a tension here that these guys are about to totally just beat each other to death. And uh, that line is so perfectly Anakin and perfectly Vader at that point. He's Vader. So um, that's the, the, out of all the lines of Star Wars, that's the one I always come back to when I think about stuff like this. So that's, that's the you will try, which is another scene that I'll often go back and just watch on YouTube. So I'd recommend folks do that too. Well, I, th- I think you're, you're the only person I know that will go back and rewatch the, uh, <laughs> the, the prequels. They're good, damn it. Uh, so you mentioned a little bit earlier uh, that, uh, my, my enjoyment of wrestling, of course, that's very that's very well documented, and there's a whole bunch of wrestling catchphrases to choose from. Um, what you gonna do, brother? Uh, that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Uh, a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, I think the the one that was always the most fun to say, um, even though he wasn't my favorite wrestler, the 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 one that's always the most fun to say, and you can always get very into it, is is The Rock. And uh, if you smell. 
what the rock is cooking. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you said wrestling, uh, I knew it would either be that or um, Austin 316 says I just whooped your ass. I figured That's it'd be another one of those good one. two. Yeah. It's another good one. But Yeah, if you're nope. into if you're into this list and one-liners, wrestling is the shit for you, no doubt. Oh yeah. Number 1. I'm going to cheat on my number 1 uh, cuz it's kind of two lines. Um but uh it comes from a video game, which kind of surprised me even when I thought of it. Um the Master Chief in the Halo series doesn't really ever speak, but when he does, it's always cool shit. And uh there's two lines that he says um that kind of stick with me when I think about Halo. Uh, the first is from the end of Halo 3. The chief has saved the day, and he, through some crazy circumstances, has found himself adrift in space in a ship, and he's kind of got no hope for being recovered. And so what he does is he climbs into a uh, stasis pod, like a hypersleep chamber, and um, he has an AI with him named Cortana, he crawls into the stasis pod and, and is getting ready to freeze himself. And uh, Cortana's like, well, what do you want me to do, chief? He says, she says, what do you want me to do, chief? There, there's nothing, nothing really I can do here. Um, you know, what, what are my orders? And he's, he looks at her and he goes, wake me when you need me. And then he gets in the fucking chamber and freezes himself. And it's so awesome. And it's the last line of that game, which is one of my favorite games ever. And that's just the chief being a total badass. Um, the second one from the chief is actually from Halo 2. And it's from the trailer for Halo 2. And this is deadass. One of the reasons why I bought an Xbox in the first place. Because in the opening part of Halo 2 and also in the trailer, um, there is some bad shit going down with some aliens. And they have they get the chief and they brief him on, you know, what's going on or whatever. And um, this general is standing next to him and kind of gives chief his orders. And they're in, I think they're in like a helicopter or something. And they're overlooking um, overlooking a uh, battlefield or whatever. And, uh, the general, I think asks him if he understands his orders and the chief kind of nods his head and he looks at him and goes, I need a weapon. And then, uh, spoiler alert, he gets a weapon and you murder about a thousand aliens. But the way they put that in the, um, in the trailer, a long it's way like to- the end capper on the trailer. Yeah. It's a long way to a very simple fucking quote, but it's like the way he delivers it and then what you go on to do after that is so fucking dope. So those two those two Master Chief lines are, are kind of my faves. <laughs> well, my number one, <laughs> it's one you've heard before, uh, heard me say before for sure. Um, it's a line that to this day, I saw this movie five, six years ago and, it, and this line still makes me laugh whenever I hear it or I, someone references it or even I reference it. Uh, it's from the movie Goon. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even got to say it. I know. <laughs> you know who's who's my favorite with this quote is Doug. <laughs> oh God! So the line is: I got two rules, man. Stay away from my fucking Percocets, and do you have any fucking Percocets? <laughs> Oh my god, that is that is brilliant. Um, that's a I good poll. I, I said that this weekend too. <laughs> what the fuck did you do this weekend? <laughs> I had some Percocets. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I honestly don't remember how that one got brought up. That was a complete left field one. But uh, <laughs> I love that line so much. 
Jesus. Yeah, that is a good one. By the way, Goon, I think it's on Netflix. Um, that is an underrated movie. I think people should check that one out. It's funny as hell. It's dumb, but it's funny. Uh, I think you can catch it on Netflix. Oh, yeah. That gets a recommend from us. So those are our number ones. Uh, I have one honorable mention, and I had a hard time not putting this in my top five, but it's Tom Cruise from Tropic Thunder uh, as Les Grossman. <laughs> and as a part of his, he goes on this really long, really threatening, screaming fit that he has that starts with uh, fuck your own face, and it ends with I will massacre you. And the way he delivers that line just fucking kills me every time. That's another one I'll go, I'll go back and watch that one a million. I'll probably do it tonight. And I'm sure there's a a million that were missing. Uh, uh, There's probably 50 just from the Big Lebowski that were missing. So um, make sure you guys hit us up on the tweets uh, at underscore Cody Michael at Seth O'Ott and at Soko Show Pod. Let us know what we missed and uh, maybe we'll mention them later on because I know there's got to be just a ton. For sure, for sure. This has been Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. All right, moving on from Mambo number five, uh, we got some news, and we're going to get to the corner this week in TV. That's what she said. TV. TV this week brought to you by Mike's Wood. Hit the link in the description box. It's etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed if you're ready to get your wood worked. Oh, uh, wood. Oh, yeah, brother. Uh, last week, we talked about, this is kind of TV slash movie news. We talked about um, what at the time was kind of breaking news. Uh, pun intended, that Breaking Bad is apparently got a movie in the works. And over the course of the last week, Seth, we got a little bit of details about what uh, story that movie might tell. Yeah, and actually, I think we talked about it post-show. I don't know if we talked about it during the show last week. Oh, okay, maybe we didn't. So, yeah, a Breaking Bad uh, movie. There was, uh, at the time when it came out, there was speculation on if it was going to be sequel, prequel, during, whatever. Uh, they confirmed that it's going to be uh, following Jesse after he's hysterically driving into the night at the end of Breaking Bad. So um, I am, for one, very excited. I've seen a lot of mixed things from from Breaking Bad fans. Um, some people are like, oh, you know, I don't want any more. Uh, I enjoyed, you know, the ending. I agree with that. I enjoyed the ending. But I also love to see what would happen with Jesse now that he's uh, kind of in the in the world by himself. So. I'm excited. I will definitely go to see this if it is in the theater, if it's just on AMC. Uh, I will definitely be watching it the second it drops, but um, I cannot wait. Yeah, this is exciting, and I'm not even as big a Breaking Bad fan as you are, but um, I know enough about the show to be dangerous, and I think that this is a really interesting choice because, um, you know, Jesse was meant to be a throwaway character in the first season, and, you know, everyone liked him so much he became a major part of the show. Um, almost as big a character, I think, as Walt um, in some some sections of the show. Um, do you think, though, that this... Do you think this is going to feel spin-off-y, or do you think this is going to kind of shift the balance of the show from Walt to Jesse, where, like, the entirety of the show is more Jesse's narrative now than Walt's? Or do you think that Breaking Bad was so signature Walt that it, this is kind of a tacked-on side thing? This will just be... I mean, this won't be a series. It's just a two-hour movie, so right. I don't think it'll be... I don't think it'll be any um, overshadowing or anything like that. I mean, Better Call Saul has been uh, an awesome show and, and you know, standalone on a, on a, you know, stood on its own. So I think there's just enough lore there and, and there's enough uh, creative, uh, cre- uh, enough of a creative team and, and Vince Gilligan and, and his co-writer for, I know, Better Call Saul anyway, that they will 
do a good job with it. I, I trust them 100%, so uh, I'm excited. Yeah, this will be good. Uh, AMC seems to want to make some movies now. Uh, we talked last week about some Rick Grimes shit that's coming out, so uh, this will be interesting to see um, how this goes for them. Um, but certainly, if you're going to make a movie, getting the writers of Breaking Bad to do it and be attached to that IP is a pretty good way to get your feet off the ground. For sure. Uh, let's go on to a uh, an addition to the uh, Disney Disney Plus streaming service um, that I'm sure you will mumble and say you don't care about. Um, we just got word that uh, coming to the Disney Plus is going to be a series uh, that is going to be a prequel uh, to Star Wars Rogue One. And so um, even though Rogue One is itself a prequel, um, I guess this series will go back a little further and talk about more of... Uh, what uh, happened at the very beginnings of the rebellion um, against the Empire. I am excited about this. I like this period of Star Wars, so I'm excited to kind of explore that a little more. Uh, but I'm willing to bet you don't really care much about this. Yeah, they uh, they finally announced something that uh, I know I will automatically skip. So um, <laughs> that's good. They have enough on there that I'll watch, and they've already sold sold me uh, sold me a, a subscription there. So. Um, this is something that I will not put on my list or whatever they call their version of their list. Yeah, I figured as much for you. Um, I still have to gobble up all the Star Wars they're going to send my way, so we'll see. This does seem like a stretch, I will admit that. Um, but between this and The Mandalorian, uh, it's going to be nice to have some Star Wars TV, some live-action Star Wars TV. Uh, Diego Luna will be returning uh, and and will be in his same role that he had in Rogue One. Uh, I'm a I'm a lover of Rogue One. I know you didn't like it as much, but I'm interested to see a little more about this world. So uh, I will check it out, but not surprised that you're not. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll put it on before bed. It'll help me go to sleep. Okay, yeah, that's maybe a little far. <laughs> actually, I'll check I'll check out the Mandalorian. Um, I think that that actually looks. Could be pretty interesting with the whole bounty hunter type stuff going on, but yeah, Rogue One, Rogue One was was a snooze fest for me. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's talk a little bit about some shows that you are looking forward to and will be watching. Uh, we got a couple release dates for some things coming down the pike. Yeah, a couple release dates for January. Um, first one is a show we've talked about a decent amount because of some of the different acquisitions, but. Uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine will be premiering on NBC uh, January 10th. Uh, they'll be doing 18 episodes, so pretty much a full season, and I am very excited about that. And then, of course, uh, we we I did a TV corner for, I think it would have been season three of Lemony Snicket, and they are coming in on their final, final season on Netflix, uh, completing the series uh, on January 1st, so New Year's Day. You can check that out and binge it all. Um, between those two shows, I know you you watch both or at least uh, have watched both. Which which of those are you more excited for? You know, I think um, this is interesting because both of those are shows that I've watched, but I'm behind by like an entire season on. Um, I up until where I am at in Lemony Snicket, I've really enjoyed that, but I think probably it's Brooklyn Nine Nine for me here, just because. Um, that show's been on for longer. It it's, uh, means a little more to me. I, I like the comedy. And I, and more than anything, I'm excited to see what's different and what will stay the same with the move to NBC. So um, could be could be interesting, but these are both things that I'm going to try to jump on right away, though. So, um, But I'd give the slight edge probably to Brooklyn Nine-Nine here. Yeah, I have to agree, I have to agree there. So um, I just, yeah, I, you're saying that this is the last season of, of Lemony Snick, and I must be behind even more than I thought I was. I think I've only watched... Well, I thought I was caught up, but I... 
I must have missed season three. But yeah, anyway, I I've think you missed season three. One. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we got Brooklyn Nine Nine and uh, the series of unfortunate events coming out in January. But uh, there's some TV that's already out that Seth has watched and will review now in the TV corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! It's a triple corner this week. Um, we got a few shows here. Uh, I'm interested to see on a couple of these what your thoughts were. I know some reviews have been mixed for some of the things you're about to talk about. So what do we got this week? Uh, so the first one I'll talk about is uh, Mayans MC, which is the Sons of Anarchy spinoff. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this one... <laughs> this one... Uh, God, I don't even... I didn't. I, I don't think I paid close enough attention to this one to really appreciate it. But I just was never super interested. I guess. Um, so it's a like I said, Sons of Anarchy spinoff. It takes place right at what seemingly is right after um, the finale of Sons of Anarchy, or around that same time. Uh, it takes place. Uh, the main character is uh, his name is Easy Reyes. Um, he's part of the Mayans group. Uh, the Mayans, for those who don't know, are they were. The originally the the rival group to the Suns and then became uh, partners with the Suns later on and really close to them. So um, Easy Reyes is a prospect for them, which a prospect is kind of just someone who's trying to earn their way into the to the club. Um, the only really returning there's like three total returning characters um, from Sons of Anarchy. There's Chucky, who is like the uh, he worked at the mechanic shop for the Sons of Anarchy. He now works at the mechanic shop for the Mayans. Um, there's this FBI guy that I cannot remember his name right now. I think it's Peter, but it's definitely Peter. Uh, but he, he played a, a pretty, pretty big role in sons, uh, trying to take them down. And he does kind of the same thing here in the Mayans. And then, um, fuck Ramirez, maybe I can't remember anyway. Uh, it might be Ramirez, but, uh, you'd, re- if you've watched sons, you would recognize him. Um, if you saw him in, in Mayans, but he plays, he's not just like the head of the table anymore. He's called the Godfather. Um, which basically means like he's the overall head of all the Mayans groups, not just like the one that interacts with the sons the most. So the, the main plot of the show is, is easy is, and it's actually spelled easy. His name is equal Ezekiel, but they call him easy. Um, <laughs> nice. He, uh, he went to jail for murder essentially. Um, there's kind of some controversy around that. Um, he gets out eight years later, which they tell you about a hundred times in the show, that that stuff had happened eight years ago um and they like paint it and put it in different like weird like they put it on like a sign they'll put it on a truck they'll pull it put it on like wherever it'll just say eight years later and then it'll morph away which is like really stupid because you can clearly tell (laughs) with the flashbacks that uh he doesn't have facial hair and he looks like he's in high school you can probably tell that it's a a flashback (laughs) and you don't have to say eight years later every single time (laughs) but anyway so, uh, he is, uh, you learn this pretty early on, but he, uh, he's working with the feds, um, cause he struck a deal, uh, to try and take down this, uh, the drug basically cartel, uh, the, the Galindos, which you hear a lot of them actually in, in the Sons of Anarchy, the Galindos, they're, they're kind of like this over, you know, this high, high powerful drug cartel and they're always afraid of them. So, um, He's trying to help take them down. The Mayans have a relationship with him. That's basically the entire plot of the show with a lot of kind of twists and turns and uh, different intricacies involved there. Um, I liked Easy. Uh, definitely not as much as, like, I love Jax. I thought Jax was a much more deep and kind of 
more well-rounded character was easy as you're still kind of learning about him um i like the actor and i like the you know the the character so far but i think uh it would benefit for more time with him the overall club though with the other supporting characters is definitely not as strong as sons of anarchy i think every character in sons of anarchy had um had some sort of importance to the show and they all had their own screen time at some points. And you never really got that with, with the show. It really just focused kind of around easy, uh, easy's father. He's played by, Ed, played by Edward James almost, almost, um, I, who's an awesome actor, but, um, you almost said you get that a lot. Right. <laughs> I almost said that right. You're correct. <laughs> um, you see, so you get spent a lot of time with him. Um, but that's, that's kind of about it. So you don't get a whole lot of, a lot of development. And, and when they do show these other characters, because they don't spend a lot of time with them, I just didn't really care that much. Um, and then the, just the overall plot didn't feel, it, it felt like they tried to go in too strong, too fast. Whereas like sun's built up slowly and kind of peeled everything back like an onion. This just kind of gave you an unpeeled onion to eat. And I didn't really want that. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. That's the best way to put it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, it was fine for what it was, and I did like some of the sun's uh, Easter eggs. Like Gemma Teller was in an episode for a brief second, and they threw in some of these. They they even mentioned Jacks at one point. So they've talked about some of the stuff that overlap from Sons, but uh, I think on its own, it didn't completely do it for me. Now maybe it will next season because they did set some stuff up for next season, and I'm assuming it'll get another season, but. Um, you know, I'm still open to giving it another shot. It's not a complete out for me, but it wasn't quite there for me. So I think as, as a whole, I'll give this, uh, I'm going to give it like probably 2.7, uh, eight years later flashbacks out of five. Oof. That's a dog. Yeah. Not, not quite. I think that's the first sub three. I've had, I think there was one other one, um, like a superhero show or something, but um, uh, yeah, this, might have been Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's uh, it's not a terrible show. I just didn't really care that much through most of it, you know. So um, they just don't spend. Enough, I don't think they they earn the the time, or I don't think they earned the the investment like they wanted for me anyway. So yeah, I think they were just banking on the the feeling you had left from from uh, Sons of Anarchy, which you know sometimes doesn't always stick it it worked for uh for like better call Saul and then that was also a good show but it sounds like this one uh maybe doesn't live up which is fine uh that's that's kind of what I had predicted for this show um but uh still never good to to have a crappy show so we'll see maybe they pick it up uh going forward who knows mm-hmm. uh the second show I'll talk about is uh Iron Fist season two uh or I could say Iron Fist the final season this one so <laughs> Again, I didn't pay a ton of attention until later on in the season because uh, it just wasn't amazing, <laughs> at least to start. So it takes place right after what seems to be the Defenders. Uh, Iron Fist, Danny Rand, is is kind of taking over the Daredevil role. He's uh, protecting the city. Um, he's, he's honored that wish from Matt Murdock. And pretty early on, you meet really what is the main villain of the show, uh, Davos, uh, which you've met in the first season. He's... The uh, he was the guy who Danny defeated uh, to become the Iron Fist, and they you know they're really close from being in Conlong together, which is that myth- mystical island uh, where Danny was from uh, to get the to get the fist. But 
Um, that he's really the main villain. They have they have a lot of uh, conflict with each other early and early on. It's just a lot of dialogue heavy. Uh, I hate you. I I uh, I don't want you to hate me. Back and forth type stuff. And didn't really care much about that. Um, there's also kind of a, another a pl- subplot in there with this this uh, woman named Mary Walker, who is actually kind of interesting. She uh, she's schizophrenic and like a super severe case of that, where um, she will wake up and she is uh, Mary, and where she's like this really sweet. Well, not sweet. She's kind of strange, but she's like a nice, a nice girl who's uh, kind of innocent. And then she'll wake up uh, and she'll be Walker, who is like a badass mercenary type thing. She's got kind of a little bit enhanced strength and stuff like that. She's able to beat up uh, Danny Rand, so she's definitely skilled. So that was an interesting kind of dynamic in the season. I did like her. Really, the best part of the show though is Colleen Wing. Uh, Colleen Wing is well, she can get it for one. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but for two, she kicks serious ass. Um, she even has to like train Danny Rand in some of the, the season and, uh, she's just awesome. She is the, the actress for She's, she's great, but the character is even better. Um, I would have loved for her to just be the star of the show and for her to, to carry her own show. But, um, she's awesome. I, I love her a lot. And, uh, She's really the only thing that keeps part of the show interesting. She's kind of taken a backseat in terms of the combat through a lot of the season, which sucked um, because she uh, kind of felt bad about what happened in the Defenders uh, with some of the stuff she had to do in that show. Um, But yeah, when she does eventually start kicking ass, she really kicks some serious ass and, and... the last three, four episodes of the show, that's the really action-intensive uh, part of the show and a lot of the climax uh, from the whiny dialogue <laughs> uh, takes place. So uh, that's that really is what saved the season for me is, is the last three, four episodes where we got a lot of badass Colleen and some really cool fighting and um, a little bit more succinct, succinct um, dialogue and plot. That's kind of where I'll leave it. Uh, I, I'm not surprised that there will not be another season. Um, they did leave a lot of stuff on cliffhangers <laughs> for the end of the season. So that uh, that was kind of mis- <laughs> misguided. <laughs> um, but uh, as a whole, I think I'll give the show not much higher, honestly, than Mayans. I would give it a 2.9 out of, out of five <laughs> golden fists. <laughs> Gross. Um, oh, you know. There we go. There we um, are. Yeah, no surprise here with Iron Fist. Uh, this is one that I think has has never really been a strong one, other than his his um, contributions to the the wider world of of uh, the Netflix and Marvel New York. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, so, having seen this and uh, Luke Cage, are, are you still holding out hope for that combo series with these two guys? I think I'd actually enjoy that. I, I, I would. They they bring they bring it up. Uh, they bring Luke up, bring up Luke Cage uh, through some of the season because uh, the cop from Luke Cage, Misty, uh, is in a lot of the season. Um, so they kind of reference Luke Cage a couple times and I still think that would be, I think that would be an interesting show, especially where they left off Luke Cage, but I doubt it'll happen. Well, we shall see, um, interesting things going on in the world of Marvel as it relates to TV. Um, so, uh, Iron Fist though is going bye-bye. So see you later, Danny Rand. Um, we hardly knew ye. Um, but I will say, I'm excited to move on from Iron Fist into your third and final show. 
Oh yeah. So this one is easily my favorite of the three. Um, and this, this season of the show really, uh, furthered my love even to a, a new level. Um, but that would be big mouth season two. Um, I'll keep this brief, uh, because, because, uh, you, you talked about it, uh, a decent amount for one of your one more things, I think. Um, but I'll give some of my quick opinions. Um, very, very hysterical show. Um, and, and it does talk about some serious things, too. Like, depression gets brought up this season, which kind of caught me off guard, but was was interesting. Um, just, just like, a, a really a really straight, like, seriously, one of the... I can't believe you actually like this show at times because of how weird it gets. <laughs> oh, it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes some really strange places, and I can't believe you like some of it. But, like... Just the characters they've 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 really I think they hit a, a really good stride with um how they they fit each character into a role. The first season they're kind of discovering all that, and then they've they really with some like for example uh, uh Coach Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coach Steve Co- is fucking great in second season. I barely remember him in the first season, and then they really fleshed him out well in season two, and, and he he fucking kills Gross. me. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, Coach Coach Steve, I cannot get enough of him. His "Sex with a Lady" song, I was rolling. <laughs> that's worth even if you're not going to watch Big Mouth. The "Sex on a Lady" song is worth that's, that's worth a YouTube search for sure. "Sex on a Lady." That I said "Sex with a Lady." "Sex on a Lady," which makes it even better. <laughs> Um, but I think my favorite character uh, is the uh, old uh, hormone monster Rick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he's perfect because he's so fucking confident and <laughs> and like awesome. Like he's just like a, he has so much swag to him. Um, that that's actually um, that's that's the impression that I <laughs> that I had. Um, oh Christ! Let's see if I can let's see if I can do it now. That's awesome, Bubba. That's awesome, Bubba. I can't do it now. Oh my god, it. no, it's good. That was weird. <laughs> Did I have it? Yeah. Oh, that awesome, was eerie. I, I can't hear myself with the headphones on, so. <laughs> no, that's, awesome, that's, uh, ew. I thought you were behind me because you switched really quickly. I don't like that. Say, uh, say, she likes you, kick her in the shins. She likes to kick her in the shins. <laughs> Oh, he's so fucking great. Because his whole thing is he's old and doesn't know anything, so he keeps saying the wrong stuff, <laughs> and I love it. Oh, oh my god the the final scene with him in the last episode, where just at the end he goes, "Hey, look at this," and then he fucking like he like does a karaoke scroll on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> Do you remember that? No, I don't think I've finished it. You didn't finish I might have, Big I'm, Mouth? I might have a couple... I don't have the fucking internet right now, so I haven't finished it yet. I thought you said you finished it for, for your one more thing. Okay. No, I didn't say I finished it. I, I had started it. I don't think I finished okay. it. Okay. Maybe I All have. Right. I don't remember. Um. Maybe I did finish it and I was under the influence. I don't remember. But I need to make sure. Yeah, it's you definitely need to finish it if you haven't. But it is... Oh, it's so good. Oh. <laughs> I the I was especially the last few episodes I was just rolling so um, I won't get much I mean there's not a whole lot of plot to discuss I mean I talked about the depression thing um, and it, you know it's about puberty so they're they're you know just kind of discovering new things um, they they actually bring up uh, bi- bisexuality with uh, Jay 
uh, with the, the, the boy pillow and the girl pillow or the boy couch cushion and the girl pillow. No, I must not have yet, but I, th- okay. I definitely have to catch up on some episodes, but that sounds about right. That's yeah. That character yeah. is disgusting. <laughs> so, you know, they, they talk about a bunch of different topics and, and it's, uh, for a show that's completely just ridiculously dumb, they actually handle some things pretty well and, uh, you know, talk about it in a serious way sometimes. So, um, yeah, as, as, a as a whole, this is going to get rated pretty highly, I think. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with like 4.6, uh, that's awesome, bottle out of five. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think that's aptly rated. Um, this made my top five list of, uh, our Mambo number five for Netflix originals and, uh, uh, if I had to stop and, and rate it right now, I'd be right up there with you. Um, I love this show, and I think everyone should watch it. It's it's just one of those, it, yeah, you have to get past some stupid comedy if you're not into that sort of thing, but um, it does have something to say, which is interesting. And so, mm-hmm. and it's fucking hilarious. I am in stitches every time I watch it. Oh, yeah. All right, so we have um, a couple a couple, uh, couple of poop turds, but then uh, rounded it out with a good one with, with uh, Big Mouth there. So it's a triple dipper this week in Seth's TV Corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! All right, let's move from the TV corner into a brand new segment. And uh, this one's going to be interesting, Seth. Why don't you tell us what we got coming up? We got uh, a segment I like to call the Hycotheticals. So the the, the basic premise of hy, 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 I can't even say it. Hycotheticals is uh, I will bring up a hypothetical question, usually based off of something we talked about in the previous week. And uh, Cody will have to give his answer and also explain through the hypothetical. Um, so for the, for the inaugural uh, hi- hypothetical question, um, <laughs> this one kind of got brought up even post show last week. Uh, it was the uh, one word summary with the woman with zombie teeth and um, how how the zombie teeth got stuck in her mouth. <laughs> and, <laughs> And you talked about it and you saw the you saw the picture of it and you're like uh, holy shit <laughs> yeah that was frightening so the the hypothetical this week I thought about you know that because that was a really fucked up picture and if you haven't seen that picture definitely check it out but it's a really fucked up picture um, I initially had this a little bit more of a uh, I'm trying to think more of an a more more of an adult uh, an X rated hypothetical but I kind of t- <laughs> I already know where you were going there <laughs> I but I toned it down I toned it down a little bit so. The hypothetical question this week is uh, you either you can either you have to either make out with the woman with the zombie teeth or make out with the woman with no teeth. Ooh. Oh, man, that's making my skin crawl. Um, God, because that picture is horrifying. It's a thing like you think about you think about like, oh, that's not so bad. They're just fake teeth. No, it is terrifying when you look at the fucking photo. <laughs> um. And- and here's the thing is, uh, I will add a caveat. So the, the woman with no teeth is like, you know, a, a, a normal woman, like a, a 27 year old woman or whatever. It's not like an old granny. It's like this woman has clearly lost her teeth for one reason or another. <laughs> um, so have at it with, with what you will there. I just got to make out with them, right? You just got to make out with them. So you got a woman with nasty ass, uh, zombie teeth or... A nasty ass mouth with no teeth. I'm gonna. I this is a, this is for me a kind of an easy one because I've seen that photo. <laughs> I have to. I have to go with the no teeth. Um, <laughs> I, I think it would be strange. I think it would be strange and different. 
But um, I, overall, I think it, it, it shouldn't harm the makeout experience too much to not have teeth. In fact, it may help. Um, but I can't, I can't stand to look at that other woman. So I, I have no idea how I would even get myself to bring my face up close to hers, much less put my tongue in that fucking bear trap of a mouth she's got. So well, what, more what, than anything, I just can't, I can't even, I can't get near that thing. Give me the, give me the toothless one for sure. So what if it was the same woman without teeth though? So it's just still disgusting looking. It's just that same picture without zombie teeth. It's just all gums. God, that's that makes it more difficult. I would still probably take the gummy because she goes from looking nasty to looking horrifying. Like it is the stuff of nightmares, <laughs> Seth. When I saw that, when I saw that picture on my phone, I I recoiled and I went, "Oh god." <laughs> I almost dropped my new cell phone. It was awful. No, that shit is scary. I I whatever the other option is, I'm taking the other option cuz I don't want that face near my body. Okay. All right. I th- I think you've explained yourself well. That was a good hypothetical. Okay, yeah, that was a good one. I'm squirming in my fucking chair just thinking about that lady from last week. So thanks for the goddamn nightmares tonight. Um, gonna love gonna love that. Uh, this was oh, a good one though. I like I like this. It gives me uh, it gives me interesting thoughts. Um, not thoughts I want, but uh, interesting thoughts uh, this week. It's the inaugural the inaugural high cothetical. We'll bring it back next week or whenever Seth comes up with another good one. <laughs> from there you know where we're going next it is movie time quiet on the set can we please have quiet on the set movies movies this week brought to you by mathis designs on etsy uh, our good friend steph mathis is a graphic designer out of des moines iowa so make sure you hit her up for uh, all sorts of cool stationery um, if you need different uh, letters or invitations, uh, wedding things, baby announcements, that kinds of thing. Uh, make sure you hit up the link in the description box. It's etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs. Paid. Uh, Seth is right. You're going to have to pay for those. Uh, really excited about the new calendars that she's working on. Those are pretty cool. I might have picked one of, the, one of those up for myself. Uh, if you hear us, Steph, uh, send us a free one. <laughs> Uh, So let's get into a couple pieces of movie news. Uh, The first, uh, you know, we talk a lot about Marvel around here, and uh, no Marvel thing is bigger than the upcoming Avengers 4, um, still untitled, but uh, will be coming out in uh, in May of 2019. And uh, it sounds like the movie is getting nearer and nearer to completion. And uh, what we heard this past week is that the current runtime, uh, the current edit of the movie, is coming in at three entire hours. Three hours for Avengers 4. And uh, what I want to ask you, Seth, is this. If they don't cut anything down, if Avengers 4 is a three-hour movie, how is that going to uh, affect your anticipation of said film? Uh, Normally, I would be completely uh, deterred and appalled by a three-hour movie uh, because I hate long movies. But with how fast Avengers uh, Avengers 3 went by, and that was almost two hours, 40 minutes... Um, by the time even we were done sitting through all the credits, um, I will not care. You could give me seven hours of Avengers and I will, I will go see it. So there are very few movies that I would take, uh, a three hour runtime for Avengers and like maybe John Wick are the only ones currently (laughs) that I would see that. (laughs) Yeah, I, I am exactly with you on that. In fact, we agree almost to the letter. Uh, most other movies, three hours is much too long for me. I thought, uh, for example, Blade Runner 2049 was entirely too fucking uh. long. Um, but uh, when it comes to Avengers, yeah, as long as they need... What's important to me is that they get all the stories wrapped up in a way that makes sense. And however much time they need to do that, I'm totally okay with. 
Um, so if it needs to stay three hours, fine. But I, I'm willing to bet that they'll find some stuff to cut out, don't you think? Yeah, more than likely. All right. So turning from Avengers into um, another superhero in film, uh, I'm speaking, of course, about Tom Cruise. And uh, everybody knows how fucking crazy Tom Cruise is all the time. And he has maybe even topped himself um, this past week. So you may know that uh, Top Gun 2 or Top Gun Maverick uh, is in the works right now. And, uh, you know, sequel, obviously, to the 80s hit Top Gun, uh, Feel the Need for Speed, baby. And so Tom Cruise is back. He's going to star in this one again. And what I read last week is this, that in the middle of the production, right? So the movie is in the middle of being filmed right now. Tom Cruise has now put a pause on production for Top Gun for the reason that he is going to go learn how to fly a fighter jet. (laughs) He wants to actually fly the fighter jet himself. So he put the entire production on hold so that he can go and do that. So my question for you, Seth, is, is about threefold. One, are you at all surprised by this? Two, does this alter your your excitement for Top Gun at all? And three, can you think of anything Tom Cruise wouldn't do for a movie? <laughs> well, I'll answer uh, one and two very quickly. Um, no and no. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I'm really not that excited for Top Gun 2, um, just because I think it's kind of a dumb idea, but I'll go see it. Um, I don't think it's... It, it's different than, like, Mission Impossible, where, like that's very anthological and in that type of thing. Um, and, and just mission impossible itself and the plot works to be, you know, a, a multiple fran- you know, movie franchise, whereas top gun kind of felt like it had its beginning and end to it <laughs> in the movie. So I'm very skeptical on this movie, but, uh, to answer your last question, um, Tom Cruise can literally do anything he wants. So, I, I, I will not be uh, shocked by anything he does for a movie. I think I, t- tell me tell me you would tell me you would bet against he will go to space for a movie in his life. <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it. I bet there's yeah. probably odds on in Vegas on it. I'm gonna go find it and I'm gonna bet on it because I think it will fucking happen. He might be in his 60s by then or 70s, but he's doing it. God damn it, because he wants us to enjoy his films and that's why he's the best movie star of all time. <laughs> So uh, very exciting stuff coming up with uh, Avengers and with Top Gun 2. Um, did really quick. Uh, one thing I forgot to put in the in the uh, in the rundown here. Uh, Stan Lee, R.I.P. Stan Lee. Uh, just real quick on that. I mean, um, you know, his what he did for not just comic books, but now movies is pretty awesome. Um, I think he's still going to be in some of the Marvel movies. I think they filmed a bunch of cameos for him to throw in. So. Um, maybe we'll still get to see him in the movies uh, now that he's you know passed away. Um, you know it sucks to see him go. Um, you know ninety what ninety five ninety six years old. So it's not like super shocking by any means, especially how how his health uh, has been recently. But it uh, still kind of sucks, and uh, you know huge impact on the world. Yeah, you talk about just the the amount of lives that that guy has touched, and you know you see all the on Facebook and Twitter all of the kind of dedications to him over the last few days has been really cool. Um, I mean, for just guys like us, you know, like the amount of time we've spent on this podcast talking about shit that would not have existed without Stan Lee is staggering, and mm-hmm. um, you know, so much for me. Yeah, like I, I make jokes all the time about how much I love Spider Man, but like Spider Man was a huge deal to me growing up. Like it meant a lot to me, and so. Um, owing that to, uh, to Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, who are both now gone. Um, 
it, it is a bummer and you're right he was 95 so he, he lived a long and, and happy and productive life so uh not too much to be sad about but uh just a good time to kind of reflect on on Stan and kind of the contributions that he and others have made, um, to entertain us. And so it's been very cool. So yeah, uh, glad you, glad you reminded me to, uh, make sure and mention him this week. So, um, as, as everyone is, I'm sure aware, uh, Stanley gone, uh, but certainly not forgotten anytime soon. And, and you're right. Uh, I have heard the same that, um, uh, some, uh, cameos have been filmed. I think, uh, that, um, it's been confirmed already that his cameo will appear in Avengers four, um, I, I think I read that. And so, um, and the rumor is that a few have been, uh, recorded past that. So hopefully we still get to see him and, um, it'll be a special moment, I think, especially in Avengers when he does pop up, uh, given that he's passed now. So it's kind of a shame that he won't get to see kind of the big culmination of this MCU, but, um, I'm sure if anybody knows how it ends, it, it was him already. I'm sure he's probably already seen it. Um, <laughs> What uh, one last thing on Stan Lee? Uh, one of my favorite, really stupid reality shows uh, back in the day on Sci-Fi uh, was Stan Lee's "Who Wants to Be a Superhero," uh, where people would uh, get basically create their own superhero personas and costumes and abilities and names and stuff. Um, really dumb, but it was. <laughs> and I watched this at a time when I was like thirteen, fourteen, maybe even younger, twelve, eleven. Um, I don't even know, but. It was uh, really dumb, but uh, that's all I can say. It was really dumb. So <laughs> <laughs> He certainly had a few kind of really bogus shows that were like Stan Lee's this. Yeah. Um, certainly had a few of those. Uh, not everything is a winner for him, but, uh, but <laughs> yeah, there was an eclectic group of things that he was involved in. That's true. But uh, yeah, no, Stan Lee, rest in power. There you go. Excelsior indeed. Um, All right, so let's get into some stupid trailers. Yeah, um, let's th- let's get into some trailers. <laughs> First one, uh, Detective Pikachu. I just kind of wa- caught this briefly. Didn't really do much anal- uh, analyzing to it like uh, one Jared Buckendall does. I hit the wrong sounder, but now we're getting the theme. <laughs> at Jared Buckendall. That works, too. Yeah, Jared. Uh, Jared's probably trailer reacted to at least a couple of these today, so make sure you're hitting up his, uh, his YouTube at channel. At Jared Buckendall for all the latest on uh, trailers and whatnots. All right, Seth, back to you. All right, so um, Detective Pikachu, uh, which is the Ryan Reynolds-voiced Pikachu movie. Uh, huh. That's... I mean, it's... Uh, I The premise is weird. It's just a weird-looking movie. I actually kind of like the CGI look of it. Uh, they kind of make it look almost puppety, uh, which is cool. Kind of like Ted, right? Uh, a little bit, yeah, which I actually kind of like that. I dig that. But um, also, they kind of allude to the fact, because it's like, why would Ryan Reynolds voice Pikachu? You know, Pikachu just says Pikachu all the time. Well, they explain that in the trailer, that only this kid can understand what what Pikachu is saying uh, for real, and then everyone else just hears him yell, Pika! Which I thought was kind of funny. Other than that, though, I mean, it doesn't really give a whole lot. It basically, you know, Detective Pikachu is trying to solve some crimes with this kid i don't really care that much i think you know some of it looks funny but i don't care about pokemon so um sure whatever there we go (laughs) yeah um i caught the i caught like part of this one on on instagram and i have a couple thoughts on this the first is that um the the kid in this justice smith he was the main character in the get down and i really really enjoyed him in this so i'm gonna go see this just really mainly to see him 
Um, mm-hmm. I, another thing, I'm, I'm interested to see how a live action Pokemon movie does. I, I think it definitely, if it's any good, should do gangbusters at the box office, especially internationally, because Pokemon mm-hmm. is still a huge deal. Um, the third thing, and I'm less excited about this, but do you think Ryan Reynolds has overstayed his his welcome in his position as the witty banter fucking guy? I don't think just yet. Um, we'll see what uh, what happens with this uh, Deadpool movie they're doing in December. <laughs> this uh, Deadpool Christmas movie or whatever the hell they're doing. <laughs> so maybe then, but not not quite yet for me. I still I still enjoy watching him and listening to him and stuff like that. So. Yeah, we'll see. I, for me, this is pretty close to it on this whole, you know, the whole snappy probably. And I didn't watch this whole trailer, so I don't know if he's making pop culture references, but I wouldn't put it past him. And it's just, I don't know, it's just his voice coming out of Pikachu just did not seem like when I heard it, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds. I was like, oh, God, are you kidding me? So it's like, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just sick of Ryan Reynolds at this point. But um, I don't know. I, I'm going to see this, you know, for mainly for Justice Smith. And I think it could be really cool. It's got kind of an epic feel to it a lot of other pokemon so this one could be cool um but the choice to have ryan reynolds is one that i'm scratching my head about yeah it's a little weird um the second trailer which is more of a teaser and it's like a actual teaser in the sense of it was very short um was toy story 4 which is one i'm very excited about comes out next summer um the the teaser is just all the characters like looks like they're jumping out a trampoline or a bed or something um, to a to a song that apparently is a famous song. I didn't really super recognize it uh, myself. Um, so they're all jumping around. You see all the characters, blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, this fucking spork made of like um, pipe cleaners and like glitter and stuff is jumping around with them, and it's like making weird. It looks like it's scared and stuff. And um, then the music kind of changes, and I don't really know where they're going with this. Maybe they are going to the fact that like toys are being replaced by. F- eating utensils i don't know um (laughs) but uh i still am gonna see this no matter what and i'm sure we'll get a a full trailer sometime soon uh maybe around like captain marvel time uh something like that but still again very excited to see it to have no idea what's gonna happen um if i remember correctly i mean the the the, some of the promotional stuff for toy story 3 wasn't even that detailed until later on so and that movie is excellent so We'll see. I'm excited. I uh, still want to check it out, but uh, weird first teaser. Yeah, it's, it's um, I'm no, I'm not nearly as big a Toy Story fan as you, admittedly, and uh, interesting choice, I think, to bring it back for a fourth one. Um, but th- there has been a little bit of buzz around this one, especially um, apparently the ending of this is pretty rough, and and Tim Allen has been quoted as saying it. it he found it really tough to get through speaking his his last couple parts as Woody. So. I don't know. I guess if they're going to try to top the emotional hammer punch to the testicles that they did at the end of the last one, uh, (laughs) I'll be interested to see if they can do that. But um, yeah, people have such an emotional, deep attachment to Toy Story, and now that's multi-generational. So this will be interesting, um, you know, depending on, I don't know the release date, but when it it does come out, um, I think it's going to be a summer one. So what this does box office, I think is going to be really interesting. Uh, Something to keep an eye on for sure. Oh, yeah, I think it'll do crazy dollars at the box office. Um, side note, I bought, uh, I was at the, the local video game store recently, and I bought uh, the original Toy Story video game for Super Nintendo. And uh, it is still as fucking frustrating as it was uh, when I got <laughs> it for like my sixth, my sixth birthday. I still remember getting that for my birthday. And uh, still extremely frustrating. So 
Uh, yeah. After all these, after all these twenty plus years, you still can't beat the fucking kids' video game. Yeah, it's true. Um. Well, speaking of twenty years ago, the last trailer uh, is a trailer for a movie called The Orange Years. So this is a, a trailer that uh, apparently it debuted like a year ago, but uh, kind of this is more of like a GoFundMe type thing, and it's gotten more steam recently, and it sounds like it's done and it's premiering soon. But The Orange Years is a documentary about uh, '90s Nickelodeon. Uh, yeah. So all of, like, the, yeah, all of the uh, all of like the live action and cartoon shows. Did have you seen this trailer? No, I haven't yet. I, I didn't even know what this was about when you put it on the schedule. I was like, "What the fuck is that show?" But now I'm gonna go seek out this trailer. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. So uh, the trailer shows a, a bunch of like the mid mid to late '90s shows and cartoons, and they they interview you know all of the you know people that you could recognize, like you know Pete and Pete guys, Danny Temborellis, and their uh, you know of course bunch of the all get all that cast, Keenan, Kel, Josh Server. A um, bunch of those guys, Lori Beth, Denberg, all all those people, which is really weird that 20 years later, I remember all these fucking people's names, but uh, I love Nickelodeon, <laughs> so I cannot wait uh, to see this trailer. Definitely check this out if you're a Nickelodeon fan, but uh, I don't know when it comes out exactly. I think it just premiered at a, con- a, a festival recently, so um, yeah, I cannot wait for this. this the second it comes out uh, on any platform, I will be watching it. Yeah, as as will uh, several of our our um, our fellow '90s kids, '90s and 2000s kids. Um, yeah, this is exciting. I, this is cool. I, I I thought maybe this had to do with Nickelodeon when you put it on. So I'm really glad to see. As soon as we're done here, I'm gonna go watch that trailer for sure. So let's turn to some movies that are already out. Um, I've been to a shitload of movies lately, and I'm gonna re- review um, a couple of the new releases that I've been to, and then Seth has one as well. Um, I'm going to go first with a movie called Prospect that was a a pleasant surprise for me because I had never heard of this movie at all until I was looking at my theater's showtimes and I saw it on there. And uh, Prospect is a pretty simple movie. If if you can make a if you can make an indie type an indie feel in space, um, this is it. And so this is a really interesting kind of intersection of a couple different types of things. So this follows a daughter and or, and her uh, and her dad who are kind of scavengers and they um they're kind of mining scavengers. So they're going to a moon of a planet we don't know. Basically, they give you that they're in space and they're going to this moon to do this mining job. And they really don't tell you anything else about the world or the time that they live in, which I think is cool because it it provides more of a zoomed in uh version of this story and um they go down to this moon to mine a very valuable, um, it's almost like a, like you would get a pearl out of an oyster, but it's in a, it's in a kind of an alien thing that they have to dig for. And there's a process by which they have to harvest the the pearl. And so, um, they're, they're uniquely qualified to go and get this and they're doing it for like some mercenaries. So there's some bad, bad dudes involved and they're kind of on an outworld uh, moon, so there's not a lot of law around, so it's kind of kind of a wild west feel, um, and there's a lot going on here. Um, Pedro Pascal is in this, and he turns in a really interesting performance. I think. Um, other than that, you're not gonna. I, I don't think recognize any of the actors or actresses in this one. Um, but this is kind of an interesting, a short. It's only about a hundred minutes, um, and. Um, what you get here is a little bit of action, a little bit of emotion, a little bit of suspense. Um, 
but it's all kind of centered around, again, just more of like an independent film type of, um, you know, long shots, not a ton of dialogue. Um, you have some clear emotional connections there that aren't, that aren't maybe spoken about so much as just shown. You have some really gorgeous cinematography and some of the set work that they did. Um, basically they're in like a jungle, so it's not even really super exotic. Um, you're going to see this labeled as a sci-fi movie, but it's barely that really, um, they're in spacesuits and walking around in a jungle. You could take the spacesuits off and have the same movie almost. Um, so this is an interesting, I, I would say, don't avoid it. If you, if you're not into sci-fi, don't avoid it because of the sci-fi. I think it's interesting anyway. Um, and it's just kind of a wild west treasure hunt, um, with, uh, kind of some bad characters and some interesting sort of choices that the characters have to make, but some good action, some good suspense. And I don't want to say too much about it because one of the things I, I liked the most about it was, um, that I didn't know anything going in. Um, but what I will say, I want to pull up the name of this lead actress. Sophie Thatcher is the name of this girl. And she is, she's the lead in this. Um, and she plays the daughter. And, uh, I was just really impressed with her performance here. Um, she does again, a lot without speaking much. Um, and just seems to kind of command the screen in a way that's kind of understated. So this is one that, that you're probably not going to hear about unless you seek it out. Um, but if it's playing near you, I would recommend it. Um, I certainly think it's good. Seth, I think you specifically would enjoy this one because of, um, a lot of what I've talked about it, it, it's going to compare a lot to some of the indie films, um, rated pretty well on tomatoes. It's about 85%, I think is what I saw it at. So, um, kind of a pleasant surprise under the radar. I doubt it's going to be in any Oscar consideration or anything like that, but, but something to check out. Yeah, I was just kind of scrolling through uh, the IMDb on that, and uh, the cast is interesting. I saw Pedro Pascal and Jay Duplass, the one of the Duplass brothers, is in there. So yeah, who he wouldn't have, like, and because of the way you know everyone's kind of obscured by spacesuits, uh, I didn't pick him out until after the movie. So that that was kind of interesting. Um, so what the, what they have to do while they're obscured by the spacesuits makes it all the more interesting, I think. And he was no exception. Cool, cool. So the other movie that I went to um, that I want to review here is is Overlord. And uh, I feel like this has gotten a pretty good amount of um, sort of commercials and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think most people understand what this is. But it's a World War II movie um, that uh, centers on a group of soldiers who basically they stumble upon a Nazi science lab where... They're doing experiments on uh, injured and dead soldiers and turning them into effectively these zombie freak things. Um, And so probably what you're being, um, the way this is being billed to you most likely is as Nazi zombies. And it it, it is some of that, um, but it it does have a lot of other interesting things in it. Uh, I know Jared did a review and I think he subtitled his um, Nazi zombies as well. And and those are definitely present. Um, But uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on here. Uh, and I want to talk about it, but not, not for a long time. Uh, I think I can do this review in about 10 seconds. This is the intro to the next segment and the intro is just as long as the segment itself. Here comes a 10 second movie review. (laughs) All right, here we go. I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to put 10 seconds on the, (laughs) it's the dumbest fucking intro you don't like that intro oh come on i'm so proud of that one i mean it's hilarious but it's really stupid (laughs) it's been a little while since we did that one that caught you i'm glad for that. honestly i haven't heard i don't think i've heard 
the last time we did this, you hadn't had recorded the intro yet. Oh. So now that I've actually heard it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That's great. Well, I'm even more proud of that one now. Okay, I'm going to review Overlord. I'm putting 10 seconds on the clock. And here we uh, first of all, go to this movie. It is great action, great suspense, and they do a surprisingly good job at uh, giving you the war scenes in this movie. Very well done. There you go. Nailed I did. Uh, I over. I reviewed Overlord. Go see it. It's a recommend, and uh, that was an easy one. I did it in only ten seconds. Um. This is the outro from the last segment, and the outro is just as long as the segment itself. That was a ten-second movie review. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I know you love that one, uh, baby. Oh, good God. That's awesome, bud. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Is there a lot of jump scares? Um, not a lot. I mean, there's a couple. Okay. But nothing that'll be like, like you see it coming and it's not like a... Like that. Yeah, nothing is nothing is gonna totally fuck you up. Um, it's they're they're pretty stereotypical jump scares when there are, and there are a couple, um, but most of the time they set them up pretty well. What there are a lot of is like the main guy's in danger now, and then someone else shoots from off screen and saves them. They do that like four or five times. Um, so that that was a uh, th- that not a ton of jump scares, but there there are other cliches. But this one was very very well done, well acted. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about it. And this one shocked me. I, I was like, oh, this will be dumb fun for a couple hours. But I was really, really impressed with this one. And then I, I saw it back to back with Bohemian Rhapsody, which uh, you reviewed last week. And man, I just loved both of those movies uh, for super different reasons, obviously. But uh, <laughs> it was an excellent double feature. So I, I am highly recommending uh, that you go to Overlord and go in theaters because the sound has a big part to play in this one. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to get to that before it leaves the theaters. Um, I just looked at what's going to be in the theater this week, and I, with even with going to Kansas City, I have to see four movies. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to be a little rough week for me. But yeah, no, I, I do. I definitely want to check it out at some point, though. It's a, it's on my list to see. I've heard a lot of good things. So I just was texting with Mike a little bit ago, and uh, Mike, by the way, of Mike's Wood. Uh, make sure you check that out on Etsy, and. Um, he uh, said he liked it too. So I-, I texted him to say, hey, you better check this movie out. And he said, yeah, I just walked out of it. It was dope. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, I'll jump into my movie review. This one will be relatively short too because the plot of the movie is, uh, you know, basically what happens in the movie. Um, but the the movie I saw was Beautiful Boy, which is uh, some of the award season uh, fodder that we we're starting to get here. I've talked about this in the past, so one of one of my more anticipated ones for the award season. Uh, Steve Carell and Timothy Shamalama Ding Dong are the leads. <laughs> um, uh, basically, uh, Steve Carell is the father in this movie. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is a uh, son. His son, who uh, by you know for what they show in the movie, they uh, you know have a have a really good relationship uh, pretty much through through their entire through the, throughout Timothy Chalamet's entire childhood. Uh, the character's name is Nick. Um, you know, they, they, they get along really well and they're very close and all that stuff. And then uh, once Nick gets to, uh, you know, once he's 18, uh, you know, starting to go off his own, he gets into uh, drugs and drinking and then very heavy drugs and becomes a very severe drug addict. And uh, the movie uh, is really about Steve Carell 
his character trying to, to figure out why, you know, his son is doing this and, and, you know, the thinking, thinking back on all the times when he was a kid and, and, you know, where, where he went wrong and why he's, you know, why his son has completely gone off the rails when he had a shitload of potential. And I think this is, this is based off of a true story, um, from Steve Carell's, the, the actual person, Steve Carell's character, he plays, um, him. And I think his son also wrote, uh, some letters, um, kind of growing up because Steve Carell's the actual person is a writer in real life. So, um, he, chronicled this through some articles and i think they went to the rolling stone and that's kind of where the story gained some traction in, in the real world I do, uh, so that i mean that's that's the entire the entire plot performances are awesome of course i mean you should you shouldn't expect anything less um before i get into my really my one major issue of the movie um this isn't a a spoiler per se for the actual movie itself but something that honestly if i would have known going in i probably it probably would have taken me out of the movie less and i could have gotten over it before I saw the movie, but, um, so in, in the movie, um, you learn this really early on, uh, Timothy Chamelet, he, his mom is no longer in the picture. She, uh, she, well, she's in the picture. She still has a relationship with, with Timothy Chamelet. He goes and sees her and stuff. Uh, but she doesn't, she's not married to Steve Carell anymore. Um, Steve Carell has been remarried. And so the only time you really, uh, through the first about hour of the movie, the only time you interact with the, the, the mother is over the phone. You just hear her voice. And so about halfway through the movie, uh, they reference, uh, that Timothy Chamberlain is going out to LA and that's where the, you heard here earlier in the movie that, um, that's where the, the mother lives or his mother lives. And I kind of thought to myself for a second, like, okay, Steve Carell is the, the, the lead character. Wouldn't it be really funny if, uh, if the mother was, uh, the, 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 the ex-wife was, uh, Holly, you know, from the office. And before I could even finish that fucking thought, Holly plays the ex. Get the, the, the fuck out of here! Are you kidding movie. me? <laughs> weird. I am not kidding. Oh, that's so disturbing. It was, <laughs> it was really weird. Um, and it it honestly took me out of the movie for about ten minutes because, for a second, that I was like, whoa, because like. I was in the I was in the theater with it was me an older couple sitting in front of me and then like a younger couple probably younger than me sitting to the right of me, and I I went like oh what and then I heard the people to the right of me also go like oh shit and like kind of laugh and the people in front of me who are old had no idea but like it took <laughs> it, you know it took a th- you know a fucking three fifths of the theater out of the movie <laughs> um, because we 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 are like why is Holly <laughs> in this movie you know. Um, which she's a fine actress, you know, she, you know, she's, she's good at what she does in the movie, but it's, it's such a, an iconic, uh, iconic, you know, couple in TV that it's just like really weird casting, you know? So I, that, that's kind of wanted to bring that up one, cause it's fucking hilarious. And I even, I like, I telegraphed it in my head, <laughs> but, um, but two, it, it's, it, you know, it, it does, it takes you out of it so for people going to see this movie or who will see it because i'm sure it'll be probably played again come, come oscar time because I, I i do think some of the actors will be nominated if you see this movie definitely prepare yourself for that because <laughs> i went through i i went through my head thinking like is her name holly no it's not it's something else what is what is steve Carell's character name it's not michael is it and then i was like this is the darkest timeline of the office for sure so <laughs> but uh no so prepare yourself for that um, really though, my only main issue of the movie itself is 
the the structure of the first hour or so of the movie. Even from the start of the movie, it it will go back and forth in time a whole lot. And like because it's, you know, younger characters and stuff in the movie, you understand that, but it it just takes some it, it takes some time for you to really get a good feel on the characters because they do jump in back and forth so much to like where you know he's clearly on drugs and then now he's a ch- now he's a child and then now you go back to a child actor and like it just goes it it goes back and forth a whole lot and it it kind of just gets almost frustrating because it's like I want to sp- just give me a little bit of time with these people before you start doing this stuff you know mm-hmm. um so that that was kind of frustrating in terms of a movie that I feel like that was more of a writing slash directing type of issue um than it was necessarily like the entire whole movie as a whole issue um i mentioned that the performances though steve carell awesome job um he is he has entered a, a place again kind of like i've talked about with uh, a bradley cooper or a, a brian cranston where he plays such different characters and he's able to get into these characters so well um he played such an iconic character on tv and michael scott that it's e- it's easier for a lot of people to kind of just see that but he he does an awesome job of transforming himself and becoming who he you know is trying to be on screen. So um, I think he would I think he is definitely deserving of a nomination if if that were to come to that. Th- same thing with Timothy Chalamet. Um, I mean his character is goes from likable to hateable to likable to hateable a million times throughout this movie, and he does it at, you know flawlessly. Um, seeing how again how different of a character he was in Call Me by Your Name. He, his range is incredible and and he's still so young i can't wait to see what else he does but uh he he definitely deserves a uh at least some sort of recognition for it um also the 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 kid from it who was who has the mom that they make fun of a whole bunch i can't remember the character's name but yeah the one that breaks his arm and gets a cast <laughs> yeah um, yeah uh, he, jack dylan grazer is the name of the actor okay he plays uh, the younger, he plays like the, you know, 11, 12 year old version of Timothy Chalamet. Um, and he, he does a really good job too. I, uh, that's kind, that's actually where, that's the, the age and the, the, the portrayal of the character, uh, Nick, that I liked the most because he was still, you know, he's starting to kind of get towards that, you know, the, a little bit more of a depth to him, but he's still also very innocent and like funny and all that stuff. So, um, but he did, he did an awesome job on it too. So. Uh, definitely would recommend seeing this movie. I mean, it's not definitely not a happy movie at all. A uh, very very sad movie. Um, it's an Amazon Studios movie, so uh, they they tend to do that oh, this time of year. <laughs> but uh, very sad movie. But I mean, there 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 are some some nice moments in it too. But uh, again, awesome performances and uh, yeah, as a whole, I, I liked it a lot. So I don't see the movie itself being nominated for Best Picture. Uh, just because of some of those issues up front, I just don't think it's as strong as some of some of the other ones I've seen uh, this year. But uh, definitely, performances are worthy of uh, some recognition. Yeah, that's that's probably in line with what I might have expected about this. I'm glad to hear Steve Carell is banging, and um, uh, Timothy Chalamet is, is just you know incredible. It, it's exciting, going to be exciting to see kind of where he goes from here. Um, that kid that you were talking about, that Jack Dylan Grazer, also going to appear in um, Shazam coming up soon. So. Um, That's right. Yeah, he's, little, he's in the trailer. Interesting little uh, fledgling career for him uh, coming up soon. So excited to see what he he's going to do. Yeah, I, I want to see this because I want to see the good performances. But I fucking I, depressing movies. I hate them. <laughs> but I know um, I, I don't think you'd love this I'll movie. This but I, you don't think so? Yeah, I, I don't think you'd love it. But I think you'd appreciate 
some of the performances and it, it would definitely keep your attention. I just don't, you're, you definitely are not going to feel good going out of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, if you have the stomach for it, make sure you check out beautiful boy, um, prospect and overlord also getting recommendations. It's a good time for movies, folks. Uh, October, December, we're going to get uh, a lot of the good shit coming out. So, um, you get your, November, get you your mean? movie. Yeah. November, December, my bad. Um, get your, uh, your movie pass or your cinemia, uh, whatever it is you use. Seth and I are both on Cinemia right now. Uh, I've been very pleased with my experience so far. Have you enjoyed uh, Cinemia? Oh, yeah, definitely I have. Um, forgot to uh, use the card information to buy a, a ticket to Fantastic Beasts on Thursday, so I uh, still got a few more movies to go to. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, this week I'll, I for sure am seeing that. Um, definitely want to see Widows. It's getting a lot of love. I'm very uh, excited you... for that one. Yeah, Can You Ever Forgive Me is going to be in our local theater here this week, so I'm going to see that. Um, and then I th- there's this other movie that has Rosamund Pike that I just saw uh, was, have some good reviews, and uh, I don't know if it'll have any Oscar buzz to it, but I do want to check it out, called A Private War, uh, which is kind of based off a true story. Uh, this uh, She's a war correspondent who ends up in some sort of like, a, I think like a firefight or some sort of explosion and loses an eye. And it's kind of a story of that. So not, again, not a happy movie, but something I want to check out. So I might be reviewing four movies next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I can get to something and we can split the work. Um, Rosamund Pike is amazing actress. And of course she can get it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if she can still get it without <laughs> that eye though. We'll see. Um, <laughs> have you seen, uh, this is a total aside, but um, have you seen the trailers for Natalie Portman's movie coming up where she's kind of this big pop star, Lady Gaga type? I have not. Um, I think it's called like Lux. It's like Vox Lux or something like that. Look look it up. Um, I'll try to link to the trailer in the description as well so the folks at home can uh, watch this one. This looks really interesting. It looks like a potential Oscar-type performance. Um, and I've not heard much about it until I saw the trailer um, just the other day uh, before, I think it might have been before Overlord. Or no, it was before Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, so it's kind of one of, it's kind of a big, wide musical epic, um, with her. It, it, check it out. Check out that trailer and uh, we can talk about it next week about what you thought, but this looks really interesting and I do love me some Natalie Portman. So, um, enough movie talk. Let's move on to the end of the show. But before we wrap things up, we got to give you one more. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I'll go first on one more thing. Uh, and I want to use this. Um, to uh, recommend a movie I caught over the weekend uh, that is a little bit older. And uh, I, I got to tell you, I was pleasantly surprised uh, by this one. The movie is 10 Things I Hate About You. And uh, I know probably some of our listeners are thinking, what the fuck, Cody, you hadn't seen 10 Things I Hate About You? That's such a huge movie. No, I hadn't, because I thought it was going to be just a dumb chick flick from the 90s. And for what, I don't know why I thought that, but it really isn't. There's a lot of like, there's some high school love stories and things going on and and um, there's enough to make you think it's going to be just a silly rom-com, but uh, actually a really interesting movie. There's a lot of really snappy dialogue, almost in the vein of like a Juno. Um, the main character, Julia, one of the main characters played by Julia Stiles is a very much a, a Juno type, but you get young Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this, um, Heath Ledger, of course, who, it, man, is it hard to not see the Joker in his face um, after mm-hmm. you've seen The Dark Knight, but um, just an excellent movie. It's very fun, very funny. Um, just a happy film. So I just, I want to use my one more thing, uh, this week to put a retro recommend on the movie, 10 things I hate about you. We're going, we don't need roads. 
Uh, so as a quick setup of this, <laughs> I just saw that I saw this uh, after because the Colts beat. We talked about the Colts beat the Jaguars earlier. Saw this, uh, and the Colts are having some fun after the game, you know, because they're you know they beat a team they probably should have lost to, but. Saw some some of the players from the Colts uh, tweeting about this, and I think Field Yates even tweeted about it too uh, from from ESPN. Um, but uh, just kind of a funny video that made me laugh and reminded me of playing offensive line in in high school. <laughs> Make sure you watch it. <laughs> so he is. <laughs> He is absolutely screaming bloody murder and just fucking pancakes a linebacker <laughs> in the hole. That's the video you're talking about, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, we're going to link to this because you got to see it. It's it's f- even funnier. It sounds funny, um, but you got to see it on video, too. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to fucking watch that thing. Uh, these guys, these mic'd up ones, I love watching those mic'd up things. I think they're all hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. There's some good ones out there for sure. So, um, let's see. What did we have? We had 10 things I hate about you and screaming in football and one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 68 of the show. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you may be listening. Uh, could be Google Play. could be Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever. Um, in the meantime, don't forget to check out the YouTube page of one Jared Buckendall. At Jared Buckendall. That's where you're going to find all of his uh, movie reviews, trailer reactions, uh, all that good stuff over on the YouTube. So make sure you're checking that one out. All right. Don't forget our sponsors as well. AudibleTrial.com slash SoCo. 30 days in your first book for free. Free. Mike's Wood uh, at the Etsy shop. Etsy.com slash shop slash CornFed and Wed to get your wood worked. Wood. And Steph Mathis has the store Mathis Designs on Etsy. That's Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs. Paid. So check sure check out all of them. Uh, spend your money on on those things. Uh, good friends of the show, and they deserve your business. So um, make sure you're checking those out as well as Jared on YouTube and subscribe to us so that you get uh, a big episode next week. We're very excited. Have been looking forward to this one for a little while, um, and <laughs> and we'll be back then. Uh, but until next week, this has been the co-host Cody Michael for the Soho Seth Ott. This has been episode 68 and we will see you next week. Bye.